Ogumba Wale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim, uh, women's basketball now analyst, reporter, something or other for Her Hoop Stats, a few other places. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. I am alongside Amy Otterbert, our resident gym rat, basketball commentator galore. Uh, again, I, I think you're going to see her on your TV soon. God willing. Uh, oh, and you know, also willing that American democracy does not collapse within the next week. And... Uh, we're going to start this podcast quickly by talking about Martin Luther King Day. We wouldn't be recording today. Uh, it's just last week, my laptop broke. Uh, and so we had to miss last week and we felt that it it's our duty to talk about women's basketball today. Um, so we hope that you guys are enjoying your MLK Day. You're having your day off because this is a, a really important day in the U.S. This Do any Canadian, pro- I, I think Canadian, some Canadian provinces celebrate MLK Day, right? Yeah, I mean, I, no, I, we, we're not off today, I don't think. Like, no. I know, I've always known what it is because I've spent a majority of my life living in the yeah. U.S. But um, I think it's something, you know, I don't know what you gave. Like, obviously, like, we look at some holidays, we're like, that's oh, a day off. It's great. Uh, kind of a little somber, right? Like, because yeah. of what today represents and who MLK was and where we are right now uh, yeah. in the world is you look at someone who dedicated his life to freedom and equality. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if we know anything about 2020, uh, we're not even close to that. And yeah. so it's, I guess it's, it's almost like this, like kind of like somber reminder that we all have a lot of work to do and uh, things are not great right now. No. And uh, I mean, man, I don't know if you've ever been down to Atlanta, but you've ever visited the national center for civil and human rights. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. And I think of, you know, I, I visited there in 2000, in summer, 2019. It was, it was, uh, it was, it's, I don't, I don't want to say sad. It's, it's terrible to see yeah. our recent history. And then you look at 2020 and it's, it's still there. Mm-hmm. So I hope that while people are, are enjoying their day off or, wherever they are, I hope, and in celebrating an incredible human being in MLK, I hope that um, it's also a clear reminder that uh, we, we have a lot of work to do yeah. that shouldn't even be had to be done at this point. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what you no, think your I, thoughts are. Up here in DC, um, I always forget the name, <laughs> the name of it. The, it's the, it's the uh, national i forget exact national african-american museum it has oh there it is okay national museum of african-american history and culture um hottest ticket in dc when it wasn't a pandemic like i had to wait two months to get in there and it was so worth the wait i spent like five hours in there and it's just it is somber and there is parts where you're like well we've we've gone past this but maybe we haven't gone past the point that we should be um so i'm with you and you know i i it is it is a big deal, though, to celebrate today because um, Bernice King, Martin Luther King's daughter, tweeted out today, please don't act like everyone loved my father. He was assassinated. Um, he was one of the most hated men in America. And many who quote him today likely still hate him um, or at least hate what he stands for. And so, you know, I think one of those examples is when 
Ronald Reagan actually made this national holiday in 1983, he was opposed to it because of quote unquote cost concerns and more likely because of claims that Martin Luther King was actually a communist, right? A, a communist. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it is a reminder to celebrate today because that has actually really, you know, helped hit Martin Luther King's legacy. Like kids growing up today know that this is a day that we celebrate of a person that should be celebrated. Um, so it has become to me a big deal to celebrate today and usually take today off as I explained we're, we're working today, but we're just talking basketball. And I think that's a, actually a good way to celebrate um, today to, to enjoy something that we all love together. So just keep in mind, like, it's important to celebrate today. It's important to keep moving forward. It's important to see the progress we made, but to keep going. And, you know, another thing I want to say, like, don't just look up the motivational Martin Luther King quotes. Look up, you know, his policy goals on economic justice, the fact that he wanted what we would call today universal basic income. Um so I would, I would urge you guys to go check that stuff out and make sure that you're celebrating Martin Luther King today. Um, but we do have to talk about basketball. That's, uh, that's kind of what we do on this podcast. So what I want to start with was uh, WNBA free agency uh, that got underway, essentially got underway in January 1st. Uh, not technically supposed to, because it's technically supposed to start on January 15th as a person who's very concerned about rules. In fact, I went to law school because I'm so concerned about rules. Um, it kind of annoyed me that a lot of this news came out before January 15th, but I guess no one cares. And it is kind of, there is an interpretation of the CBA that would allow that kind of stuff. But we've had some news come out, some resignings of uh, players that are called reserve players that are training camp contracts. So these contracts don't necessarily count yet. Uh, and those players will have to make the team later, but we are underway. Um, so I wanted to tell you guys about a few different resources that are very helpful. Her Hoop Stats has salary sheets and a really good free agency tracker. Winsider has a really good free agency tracker as well. Ben Dahl has an excellent free agency preview that I encourage you guys to all check out. I also encourage you guys to check out our mock-off season that we did for Her Hoop Stats um, and make sure you're following Howard Magdell and everyone over at The Next uh, for all their stuff. Howard Magdell, you can hear on this podcast on Fridays, um, also has great stuff going on. But this free agency period has the chance to – completely changed the league i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you some big name free agents that are out there um we have sue bird we have candace parker <laughs> diana tarasi liz cambage all these players hey. don't have a contract right now so to me um you know they, those players are unlikely to move but they're not impossible to move right like i think we're gonna see a lot of big shifts here if i had to predict i'd say chelsea gray and natasha howard are the biggest names that are, that's seeming to move. Um, but Amy, what I wanted to ask you was, you know, if, if you could pick any of these big name free agents to move, who would it be and to where? Oh, Amy's shaking her head because I didn't tell her I was going to ask her this beforehand. No, I was shaking my head because I kind of figured you would. And here's the thing. I mean, I thought about it. I looked at the rosters. I looked at the list that you mentioned. I don't, I, I'm sure this is a very unpopular take. But I really enjoyed the parody in the league in the bubble for the mm -hmm. most part. And I'm happy if everyone's like, let's just run it back oh, okay. because a COVID season, a bubble season, like let's just run it back. Because even the teams, like I look at an Atlanta team, I, you know, like they were better than their record. And so um, I would, I'm sorry. Like, I just want everyone to be like, 
let's just run it. I know it's not going to happen. A traditionalist. Like, I don't want, like, why would Sue Bird leave Seattle? Why would Diana Toronto? Why would, did you say she would or wouldn't? She will not. No, she's not going to go. She will not. No. And why would Diana, like, why would, I just, I mean, I, I understand there's a lot of like things behind the scenes that we don't see and we're not in locker rooms and, and all that. So we're not professional athletes to understand like the money and everything fully. Um, but I just, I wish everyone was like, we're just going to run back the season. Cause I really enjoyed the parody and the compete level. And I think that um, under normal circumstances, because they were totally unnormal circumstances, mm-hmm. like let's just at least admit that. Um, I would like to see it, but I know it's not going to happen, but I know I didn't answer your question, but I kind of did in that, like, I don't, I'm cool with if everyone was like, you know what, let's go. No, and I think there's, there's something to to that because you have to remember like everyone out there, like we haven't had a normal season in two years because Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird (laughs) missed the majority of 2019. Elena Deldon missed a good chunk of the 2018 final. So it's like, we've been waiting to have, you know, your sort of, mystics storm face off at least i have i want to see the the full mystics team and the full storm team get together and play in the finals i'm not sure that's going to be able to happen this year for a bunch of different reasons but i'd like to see that i'd love to see you know sparks at full tilt you know neko was out in the playoffs last year like i want to see them at full tilt go up against so i i do want to have movement mainly because it's good for like my career but i'm with you like (laughs) i think Yes, yes. <laughs> it'd be great. It'd be great for my career if we get a lot of player but, movement. But think of it though, like you're Vegas, like Vegas yeah. with their like their you know Angel, and now with Liz, like and a healthy Kelsey Plum. Like, come on, you know, yeah. I'm not done with Chicago yet. Like, we know how I predicted them to win the whole thing, but Diamond was not yeah. missed basically the whole season. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but. I hear what I'm saying too. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think it'd be cool to see everyone come back, but I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen. And I will explain some of those beliefs in the next segment. Built Bar has the best tasting protein bar ever. And guess what? They sent us a bunch of stuff to finally try uh, their newest products. So we can, we can tell you guys some more about it. Um, Amy has had a little bit more. She got her package like a week before mine. So uh, I do want to, I want to throw it over to Amy because she's tried, she's tried more of this stuff than I have. It is delicious. I've had, I've had some of the bars. Um, The German chocolate cake one is so far my favorite. Um, But Amy, what, which, what stuff have, did you get and which stuff do you like the most so far? So first of all, didn't know this was coming. Right. So I open it and it's this huge sampler box of like, there's, I think there's like 18 different flavors of bars. And I, I haven't had a built bar because I haven't been out and about. And that's kind of the stuff I usually eat when I'm on the go. Mm -hmm. Um, So first of all, so good. Like I, I am a bar person usually, because like I said, on the go, it's a great snack or meal replacement. Um, the, the texture of these are different. They don't taste like they're, it's not like a traditional power bar mm. where they get kind of chalky or protein bar. So first of all, amazing, but I'm a coconut nut. So like there's a coconut uh, and there's a coconut almond. I got, those were my go-tos, but I also love like cherry chocolate. So the cherry barcia. So what I'm doing is I'm eating one for lunch every day right now <laughs> with like an apple or something and a coffee. And it's, they're actually amazing. But the other thing they sent us gave these immune, um, kind of like the vitamin C yeah. kind of, but they're immune boosters or whatever. I'm actually drinking one right now. 
um oh look at this so good live, live demo um, on this podcast yeah full of like tons of the vitamins and stuff but I've, i'm not i don't have this written down i'm not lying i would not lie about this stuff because i am very pick, picky about like vitamins and protein bars and all that stuff um tastes so good and like i i do i traditionally use emergencies but they bubble this mm-hmm. one doesn't bubble at when you put it in water or whatever so anyways uh Shit. I'm so happy that Bill Bar did this because really like I wouldn't be sitting here talking about how great it was if they didn't. Um, and it wasn't just like a little sample. They hooked us oh, yeah. up. So like I, I probably have like a solid month supply of supplements and oh, yeah. they're all, I haven't had one yet that I'm like, I don't like this. So I know like people want to like taste it. And I, I'm being super greedy. <laughs> I don't want to share <laughs> it with anybody because it's like, no man, that's my lunch. <laughs> no. And, there, so and you know what? They're like more filling than they are. Like they're like a hundred between like 130, 180 calories, but they are like, you can eat one for a lunch if you're on the go. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan. If you guys want to get in on protein, they're They're packed packed with protein. protein. I just want to say that like low calorie, high protein, and they don't taste bad. So mm-hmm. sorry, I had to get, cause that's important. <laughs> no, it is. It, it, it does taste, it tastes much better than your normal protein bar. It tastes, um, it's not like a Snickers bar. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It does not taste as good as a Snickers bar, but it's way healthier for you. And if you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. So remember that promo code locked on so they know you came from us. And so you get 20% off your built bar order. Um, we, we are, we are fans. Uh, so shouts to Bill I didn't Bar know and- that. So I will be using that <laughs> promo code. <laughs> there that. it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, you can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow Amy on Twitter, which I did not mention, at Amy Audibert. You can follow the show on Twitter, uh, which I, I, I also didn't mention because I'm very selfish. Locked On WBB. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, great way to keep up with the show and get all the episodes that are coming to you because we have a bunch of different hosts on this year' podcast. Eric Ayala coming on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Howard McDell coming up on Fridays with your big interview. But right now, it's time to talk a little bit more about WNBA free agency before we get into some college stuff in the next segment. Um, so I mentioned that I could see the balance of power shifting in this league this year. Uh, I mentioned Natasha Howard and Chelsea Gray as names that could move. Uh, I don't, I don't have a ton of, of stuff to report or anything. It's just my feeling here because Natasha Howard had a a tweet the other day, say uh, not the other day, sometime in the off season, talking about how she wanted to win MVP. You know, she was like, "I want the only thing left for me to do is to win MVP." Well, she's not going to win MVP with Brianna Stewart next year. Uh, you know, I love Natasha Howard. She is not Brianna Stewart, and she's not going to get the type of usage that she needs to win MVP. So I could see her moving on. Uh, I think Chelsea Gray is just going to have a lot of suitors. And I could see her saying it's time for the next phase in my career. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see her go to a team like, let's just say Minnesota. Minnesota, very open last year about how much they chased free agents. Um, so I could see them going really hard after Chelsea Gray. And I think that'd be a great idea for them or a team like Indiana too. So um, those are the big names I could see moving. And then there's just teams that have a ton of stuff to do. Like we already mentioned Washington. See, LA has Candace Parker, Neka Gumake, and Chelsea Gray as free agents. That's a lot of stuff to do. Mm. Washington has all of the team as a free agent, other than Alea Deladon, essentially. Ariel Powers, uh, Natasha Cloud, Latoya Sanders. Those two can't negotiate with other teams for a weird CBA rule that I've explained on Twitter. 
Um, you got Emma Mieseman's a free agent. You got Tina Charles as a free agent. You have a bunch. You have Tiana Hawkins as a free agent. There's a lot of stuff to do in Washington. Uh, and then I think the team that the, the squirrely teams, New York and Minnesota, those two are going to chase free agents. So what do you think about uh, Chelsea Gray potentially going somewhere else? And if I had to give you a choice between like Minnesota and Indiana, which one, where, where would you rather see her go to a team that's like out of the playoffs or a team that's already in the playoffs trying to get to the next level? Yeah, I love Chelsea Gray. Like mm-hmm. I absolutely, I think like she, to me is one of the more exciting players in this league. Um, so I want to see her win. Like I, you know, like <laughs> I want to see her on a winning team while I think she would obviously, she would impact any team. And I think Indiana, you know, it depends what her goals are. Um, if, her, if her goals are to kind of just go somewhere and help build and, you know, be the, the end all kind of, yeah, like Indiana is a great place for that to, for her. But um, Chelsea's gotten as with her team, with, with the Sparks, have gotten so it feels like so close every year. Right. Or like they're mm-hmm. really good and just can't get it done. So it's either for me, I want I'd like to either her to stay in L.A. because the one thing about L.A. every year. I just feel like they have some there and they should have some sort of chip on their shoulder at the beginning of every season. Like let's, mm-hmm. let's get there this year, you know? Um, again, so if you're giving me those two options, I would like to see her in Minnesota. I want to see yep. Chelsea win. She deserves to win. She is so good. She's like, I just love, I, if it was me, like I'd just have an ISO cam on her every game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just so really enjoy fun. watching her play and I want to see her win. Pardon? No. She's just so much fun. She's so much fun. She's a yeah. great leader. Yeah. She knows how to score in the clutch. I I, I love a Chelsea Graham with you. Um, and I want to see her win because I want to see her in the big game. Yeah. So I think Minnesota yeah. would be a great destination yeah. for her. Um, but, you know, I think generally what I'm really, really interested in is what are players prioritizing in this season? And I'm going to write about this for her hoop stats. I wrote about players who earn money in the bubble. That's going to be coming out tomorrow. But I want to see... Just like what players, what players are going to say, you know, like Natasha Howard, who I mentioned, is she going to say, I want to be, I want to find out how far I can push myself as a basketball player. How good can I be on, on a team where I'm being asked to do more for Chelsea Gray? What, what is she looking for out of um, life? Right? Like that's the questions we're asking here is like people's lives. Um, And I think it's really interesting when you get a view into that. I would say this too, Gabe, you, when you talk about specifically Natasha and Chelsea, these are two players that don't have to go to weaker teams to be the stars. Like they can mm-hmm. be stars on good teams. Um, and, and I think that's important to note as well, right? Like it's one thing if you, if you want to be the star on a bad, not, I shouldn't say bad, a weaker team in yeah. the league. Um, but both of those players, their games can impact the best teams they can start on the best teams they can have the ball in their hands on the best teams I understand what you're saying obviously when you're playing alongside a Brianna Stewart things change a little bit right in terms of just what's in your hands but I think both of those players if I'm them I still want to be competing for championships so Mm -hmm. and, and being a part like starting on a team that is competing for a championship and both of those women can are, are more than capable. Yeah. Obviously they're, they're, you know, some of the top players in the league. So to me, like, like you said, it depends on what they want, but to me, they write their tickets. No, it's gonna It's going to be, it's going to be really fun. Um, and I'm excited to, I'm, I'm just really excited. And we're going to be talking about this 
a lot longer in a lot of different times with more news. Although I do want to get a live reaction because I just saw this today. Um, there's a piece by Kevin Blackstone in the Washington Post. Uh, Kevin is one of the preeminent basketball reporters and, and uh, you know people in that are reporting. So he reported in this Washington Post piece that Atlanta Dream majority owner Mary Brock is expected to sell her stake in, in the Atlanta Dream soon and that the WNBA expects Kelly Leffler to be doing the same shortly after her. So, uh, yeah, real happy to see Kelly on the free agency list, and hopefully no one else has to deal with her ass. Ooh, I shouldn't curse on this. But hopefully no one has to deal with her in the WNBA again, uh, or in the Senate, or in anything. Just get her out of our lives forever. So uh, ho- hopefully we get to see that happen. Any live reaction to uh, the, this, this news from the Atlanta Dream? <laughs> well... um you don't have to be as mean as i am (laughs) no 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 listen um i think i think the majority of league feels your you know (laughs) is on board with you um and and they should be uh i i I, this should happen like i'm glad that she's kind of hopefully making the decision to step aside because these players do not do not want her as part of this league no and I, I, that's what it is, what it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. for Mary Brock to, to kind of push this along, I give her credit. Like Mary Brock, I believe she owns Coca-Cola. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so um, it, it's, it's leadership uh, for Mary Brock's position at least. Um, and, and hopefully this organization and especially these women that play for this organization um, feel proud of, of their organization's owner. Um, which mm-hmm. certainly isn't the case right now. And so I think it's, that's, that's a, that's a oh. good step forward. Also, there was other new, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, we're going to move off Kelly Loeffler. We'll talk about that more if, if they, she ends up selling the team. Um, but Mark, Mark Davis of the Las Vegas Raiders bought the Las Vegas yes. Aces. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. Mark has a lot of money. It seems like MGM was kind of struggling a bit because they own hotels and there's currently a global pandemic. So seems like this is a good move. I don't know. Hopefully it, it just inject, injects some more money into this league yeah. and someone who cares because he seems put, like he cares. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't want to interrupt. You put the NFL and the WNBA in mm-hmm. the same sentence. Like that's positive. That's positive for the league. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Vegas is building up. We know that the NFL team gets there. Um, you know, I know there's big pushes to get the NCAA tournament there. And I think that would actually be a great day, a great, great thing eventually. Um, and, and Vegas, like they, the aces have done a fantastic yeah. job engaging that community. And so, uh, I think Vegas is just a hot spot right now. So I, I mean, again, like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't sit here and do all the research and I don't know all the backstories, but my immediate impressions of that type of headline is that that that's positive, right? There's somebody who. Yeah. Um, has some power and influence in in Nevada and in Vegas, particularly with a, with an NFL team. Also, now wants to be on board with the WNBA team. No, and we'll, and we'll also see. Um, we'll also see the NBA is looking at expansion with Vegas as a possibility. So this may have been yeah. sort of uh, Mark Davis is entering his way into the WNBA and then bringing an NBA team there possibly with a new stadium. We'll all see this is all just speculation, but I think that's a possibility and that'd be really cool to have uh, the Vegas Aces with a really nice new stadium. Let's hope that happens. Let's be optimistic for once in 
I'm still considering this 2020. 2021 starts in March. So let's be a little optimistic this year because we, we, we haven't had uh, that many reasons to be optimistic. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about um, college basketball. Lots of stuff happening in the college realm. Some of it good, some of it depressing. Welcome to college basketball in 2021. We'll be right back. If you're looking to place a bet online, there is no better place to do it than Bet Online AG. They have everything that you could possibly want other than women's college basketball, which is slightly a bummer, but they do have WNBA lines once the season gets started. But they have NBA, NFL lines, college football when that's on, men's college basketball, everything you can want uh, is right there on betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for a welcome 50% welcome bonus which is very useful because you're probably going to lose some money at some point but hey I'll tell you what I have made actually a little bit of money betting on betonline AG because they could just have so much stuff to bet on and again I want to remind you of that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts Last segment here on Locked On Women's Basketball. We're going to talk about some actual basketball that's happening. Hooray. Um, let's talk about the stuff on the court, and then we'll actually talk about some stuff that's happening off the court because we can't not do that this year. Um, so Stanford, first and foremost, uh, the number one team in the country, lost to Colorado 77-72 to in overtime. It's Colorado's first ever win over a number one team in women's basketball. The only other Colorado team uh, to to have a win over a number one team in the regular season was their volleyball team. No other Colorado team has done that. So this is a really big deal for the school. Maya Hogging, uh, Hollingshed, Hollingshed, sorry. I had that said and I messed it up. Uh, she had 32 points, 10 rebounds, and five steals. That's something you can't mistake because that is an excellent game against the number one team in the country. Pac-12 is a little interesting again. If UCLA or Arizona can beat Stanford and get back towards the top for the regular season crown. But uh, Amy, what do you think of Stanford losing? Um, is it something that, you know, portends perhaps like may lead to uh, some more losses in the future? Or is this, did you, do you think it's a one-off thing? What are your thoughts on, on this loss for Stanford? Well, I think it's a one-off um, in terms of, <laughs> I mean, when number one teams fall to an unranked opponent, something had to go like terribly wrong, right? Like you just assume that even just on sheer talent, they win those games. But um, I will say this, Gabe, let, let's not forget. Stanford is, they've, they're, they're, their season's been on the road. They're playing out of Vegas. They're not playing at home. And I mean, I cover the Toronto Raptors. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a team that, again, yes. like their whole, they have not been home for months. And I, I understand that there are people out there that are going to hear this and they go, they're just making, it's not an excuse. It's the reality for them right now. And so, but it is their reality. Um, and so I do think it's a one-off. Are they, do they have weaknesses? Yes. I mean, you look at the, the dynasty of UConn, um, you know, for, you know, how many national championships in a row, like they didn't lose these games. So I think that, Obviously, there, there's there's going to be questions, but you know you're looking at a team that what shot about 22 percent from the three in mm-hmm. in Stanford. Um, they're gonna have a poor shooting night and a fantastic, like you said, Maya Hollingshed had a fantastic, um, just took over that game and and you know wasn't gonna lose. So 
Uh, I think it was a one-off at the same time. I do feel for Stanford. Um, well, I don't, because I don't, I don't know what that's like. Like, I don't know what it's like yeah. to be not allowed to play at home to, to basically be on the road. And by the way, Stanford, they care about school. So <laughs> it's not like they're just hanging out in Vegas playing basketball. Right. Like, yeah. um, so I, I do like to answer your question. Yeah. I, I do think it's a why I think they're still obviously one of the top teams in the country. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if they drop another game to an unranked opponent, but pac 12, yeah. not an easy place to be. So, so we'll see. I think they might be in Santa Cruz now. I'm not entirely sure where, where in the world yeah. is the Stanford women's basketball team. Um, no, I think, I think you're right though. I think that all took a toll on them and you know, it, it sometimes happens. These teams in the PAC 12, they're all good. If you go back and listen to our PAC 12 yeah. preview, Amy was telling you these teams are good. Even in the middle of this pack, it's not, there's no easy games. I'm actually reading um, a season on the brink, which is uh, uh, the book about Bob Knight. And he's saying the same thing, the big 10, there's no easy games. Pac-12, there's no easy games on the women's side right now. Just there's none. Maybe Cal. Cal's having a really tough year, but even then, I wouldn't go into Cal thinking that's an easy walkover game. Um, should be mentioned though, like since the Arizona game on New Year's Day, where they beat down uh, the Wildcats, 81 to 54, uh, Stanford has has had a, a few close calls here. You know, they only beat Arizona State by eight, uh, seven point win against Oregon. Uh, they beat down Utah and then they lost to Colorado. So it is, it, it, you know, it seems like the season has taken a little toll. Maybe they're in a little ebb, but I'm with you. I think they're going to be an excellent team going forward. Uh, I did want to flip us over to the ACC really quick uh, to talk about Syracuse, who uh, a team that had not played in a month coming out and just beating down Miami 99 uh, to 64. Syracuse has only lost to UNC this year. Um, and starting to just, it feels like they are a contender in this league. Obviously at the top of this league, we have NC state and Louisville and Amy, my question to you is can Syracuse hang with or beat NC state or Louisville in this regular season? Well, we're going to find out, right? I think so. Listen, <laughs> uh, this Syracuse team, I, I will, yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> we should yeah. talk about the number one team falling, but in overtime, but um. You know, this Syracuse team, you said they got they got pounded at, at North Carolina, came out, just didn't have energy, didn't play well. And then they respond um, on December 20th against a good Boston College team on the road, uh, you know, come out and score 31 points in the first quarter. Good, solid road win. December 20th, they had their first team practice last Friday since then. You know, so it's crazy that um, you look at the talent individually, you look at a team that was 18 after they beat that Boston college and still stayed in the top 25 and didn't play a game for over a month because people know that rock, know what's on that roster. Mm -hmm. Priscilla Williams and the Camilla Cardoso, sorry, is a six, seven center. That is absolutely incredible. Before that Miami game game, she's averaging over 15 points, over eight rebounds, in 18 minutes per game because at six, seven, she's not out of shape, but she's got to get used to the pace of the ACC. This is a team that basically hasn't had the chance to play together in over a month. And then they beat, you know, Miami's feeling good. They had a good win at North Carolina. They were feeling coming to this game to me. And like Tiana Monacaya, she had 10 assists yesterday. So, you know, this is a player that's kind of, you know, at the beginning of the season was kind of up and down, but because, you know, she had to take a year off. So she's still finding herself. She comes out with that performance yesterday. 
not even mentioning Kira Lewis or other center or sorry, their other point guard. So their backcourt is tremendous. And Syracuse is a team that's always been a high pressure and mm-hmm. then, you know, hit a transition three. Well, now they have a six, seven who can get up and down. They run through their six, seven. Uh, I'm so excited to see when they do match up against number two, number three in the country, life in the ACC, like you said, it's tough everywhere right now. But um, am I gonna, do I think they're going to come out and smoke these teams? No, but do I think they can compete? Yeah, I think they got to play smart. And I think obviously they got to hit shots, but I'm excited. And, and, and really, like, it's not just the next couple months of this season. It's the next four or five years of this program mm-hmm. that um, I do really do believe that Coach Q is going to have his team back in the final four yeah. at some point. Uh, cause they're just bringing in talent. They're just unloading Emily Anksler, who's huge for them, started a beast loses like 40 pounds in the off season. Guess what? She's coming off the bench for them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nice. they, they're just, That's they nice. are loaded. Yeah. Like they're loaded, but obviously like if you're going to beat number two or two and three in the country, like you gotta hit, you, can, you can't like afford to have a bad mm-hmm. shooting night, you know, and you got to figure out a way to stop them. So I'm excited to see, let's, let's just say that. That's why we're, we're throwing the ball and playing game this year. Right. Like we'll see how yeah. it happens. I do want to say two things on this. So obviously we may be making a bigger deal about beating Miami because we both went to Miami. Uh, Kate, uh, uh, Amy has played for Katie Meyer. Um, but I'm going to tell you something. Scoring 99 points on a Katie Meyer team, that ain't easy. Mm-mm. No team this year has no. scored. I'm, I'm just looking quickly. No team has scored more than 78 points. NC State scored 78 points against this team and Syracuse has put up 99 like that is a high power team that is really impressive and speaking of we just have we're having more live reactions on this podcast because the AP poll has just come out so there's two teams I was just talking about Louisville (laughs) is right Louisville's ranked number one NC State's ranked number two we missed out on the chance to see those two teams play each other that will be coming up at some point in the season but Louisville is scheduled to play Syracuse on the 22nd. So this week on Friday, hopefully that game happens because I really, really want to see Louisville take on another good team in Syracuse and Syracuse, as you mentioned, has a chance, has a chance to beat them. Um, I'm going to go through just quickly, like the rest of the top 10. So we have Louisville, NC yeah, state. Let me know about Syracuse too. I want to know. Oh, they Syrac- went up or down. Syracuse okay. went up a little bit uh, from 24 yeah. to 23. Uh, Iowa State's in the rankings at 24. Tennessee's there, too. Uh, You got Georgia at 22, which is interesting. Uh, Mississippi State fell to 19. Uh, Arkansas, my Razorbacks, who take on uh, South Carolina tonight, are at 15. Uh, I'll give you the top 10 very quickly. We got Louisville, NC State, Connecticut at 3, South Carolina at 4. Stanford falls all the way to 5. I'm not sure how I feel about that. UCLA's at 6. Maryland's at 7. Texas A&M is at eight, despite losing their first game of the season uh, a couple days ago to LSU. Baylor is at nine. Arizona is at 10. And then we have a bunch of really good teams. So th- this season's still super duper wide open. Um, and, you know, I- I'd say any of these top, any of the top five teams to me have a chance to be called the favorite right now. And then really you can go like down to like 15, 16 to find teams that I think could make the final four and win the championship. So Crazy year um, for a ton of reasons, but that is uh, really impressive to see two ACC teams at the top. And any any live reaction to the uh, the top twenty five poll? Yeah, do I think Stanford should fall all the way to five? No, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I agree. Again, like we just said, Syracuse didn't play an entire month, and they went from eighteen to twenty four. So 
but like you said, I, I mean, listen, if I'm a coach or if I'm a player, I'm not putting too much weight into, uh-uh. uh, into rankings this year at all, because like you said, even 15, 16, because Gabe, here's the thing. If we're still playing come tournament time and you got it and you're mm-hmm. ranked number three in the country and you got to pause for two weeks, guess what? <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Yep. So um, I, I, I've always get curious with rankings who doesn't, but this year, uh, more than ever, I just, I would, I would, I put a lot less weight into them. Use it, use it as motivation. That's what I always say. Yeah. Um, so we do have to get into one more thing and I know we've gone long and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, but we do want to, I do want to talk about Baylor quickly because Baylor lost to Iowa state 75, 74. Ashley Jones had a great game for Iowa state to put up 27 and 12, 14 points in the fourth quarter. Excellent, excellent game. Caused Baylor to fall from six to nine. Um, the thing, though, that was important from this game was what Kim Mulkey said afterwards. Baylor and Kim Mulkey specifically had got COVID and, and had to sit out for a while. I don't remember how many days they sat out. But they, had, they came back and they lost their first game. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, what the frustration level was in the program before this or um, – you know, what, what, if this loss brought it out, but after the game, Kim Mulkey said that essentially that she doesn't feel comfortable coaching right now and she doesn't feel comfortable playing. And she's saying the only reason that the season is going on is because of the almighty daughter, almighty dollar. The almighty dollar is more important to the NCAA than the health and welfare of the, of me as her, as the coach, the players or anybody else. Um, it's kind of hard to disagree with that. And my, my question here is like, I love, we, we've talked a lot about how important sports are and, and scientists have even said like, this is really important for us to play sports, but at some point it becomes not feasible to play this game. And I think the more you have people like Kim Mulkey saying, well, I feel uncomfortable doing this. I think that's going to proliferate. So I just wanted to know, like, what is your reaction to Kim Mulkey saying that? Um, and do you think, you know, it's kind of time to put the season on pause and, and maybe wait it out a little bit? So the, the part to me where like I'm reading this and like your heart kind of breaks because you feel like a lot of these people are being put in these positions where they're not, they're making decisions. Is it based on like what type of outside influences are, are they making these decisions? Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Virginia who suspended their season, Tina Thompson, right? And, and her squad this past week have, have canceled their season. Sorry, they haven't suspended, they've canceled it mm-hmm. at Virginia. So two ACC teams between Duke now. Um, but Kim Mulkey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I read the, a quote, uh, part of this presser as well, that she said it, the almighty dollar, but also the NCAA has to have the men's tournament playing the, the March yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was part of is like, you know, one of the biggest generating. And, and so you the have biggest. these women's programs that are saying that are, that some of the biggest women's programs in front of a microphone saying we are now risking our health for the men's game. That's mm-hmm. to me, that was like, that's a whole different can of worms. And now because that's said, we got to talk, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, those yeah. conversations have to be had now yeah. because how much, like, I, I would love to like, I can't wait to eventually, maybe, I don't think it's going to be the next couple of years, but somewhere down the road, like, like hearing from Carol Lawson and hearing from Tina Thompson, uh-huh. And they and their teams who have decided to stop, they don't 
they obviously had some difficult conversations with their athletic director, with probably school presidents, you know, conference commissioners. They still made that decision not to play. So why hasn't Kim Mulkey, and I'm not calling her out on it because this is her life. Like Mm -hmm. you take it away. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm not, I, I like I said, I respect, we've talked about it before. You have to respect everyone's decisions because I did just hear from coach Q, you know, on Friday and they were so, they were ready. Like they, he said, we're rested and we want to play. Like, so I just, I feel so like I'm, I'm confused and I feel a little bit heartbroken for these programs that really do feel like this. And now they're saying they feel like this, but they're still showing up to play. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I've said this before and I'll say it again and I will continue to say it until we finally seem to find light here. But with athletes, lung capacity has been an issue. Mm-hmm. And how much are you willing to risk your livelihood as an athlete for one season that is kind of all over the place anyways? I, I'm mm-hmm. not saying I know the answer. I'm not in that position. But, you know, a lot of those players from Baylor are going to probably have the opportunity to go overseas and play pro, get drafted in the WNBA. What if they can't, what if they have lung capacity issues for, mm-hmm. you know, the next however many years of their lives? And, and so those are decisions that you just wonder, like, now that you're saying that and that like you're publicly saying those things totally agree with you totally agree with you and i wonder like why more teams haven't decided just to pull the plug you know it's a very mm-hmm. personal decision and i think for every locker room is different and i'm not going to sit here and judge anybody for making a decision to play or not to play uh but again it's just like this like reality check that we're sitting here talking about a game, but these coaches and players are like showing up and getting on airplanes and uh, it's scary, (laughs) (laughs) you know? No, we love basketball, but I'd say confused and heartbroken. Like you said, that describes the season. Um, It does. Cause it it is, it is. And, you know, we're going to keep doing it and it's all out of our control and you got to control what you can in life. Um, I hope players feel safe. I hope, I hope coaches eventually feel safe and hopefully um, you know, we, we can get this thing under control in the, in, in like the least, like just like at least a little under control in the Biden administration, which God, thank God it starts on Thursday. Hopefully like, you know, we, we can start doing stuff to, to make our lives better. Cause it, it is, it's just confusing. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's terrible. And then there's also those wonderful moments that we're talking about with, you know, Colorado, right? Like Colorado gets this great yeah. moment. So it's like, it's just this mix. Of, it's such a, it, it's, it's more bitter than sweet this year, but there is sweetness to it. It's just like, you know, we love this sport and we just want people to be safe playing it. Um, but you know, that's where we are and, and we'll, we'll keep playing and we'll keep talking to you uh, about the WNBA college basketball, any women's basketball is happening. There's your league happening too. We may end up talking about that uh, at some point, but right now we got to get out of here because we've gone long again, because we always do. Cause there's just too much to talk about in this sport in this world because we cover all of women's basketball right here on lockdown women's basketball so we will talk to you next monday make sure you check out uh the rest of the shows on this on this podcast um feed by hitting that subscribe button and hey if you have some time leave us a review that's really cool that lets us know how we're doing uh boost us in the whatever algorithms um to let us know how we're doing and uh we'll talk to you guys next monday